Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 2, where we talk about some movies and read some fiction. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can always contact me at Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right. Now it's finally time for that exciting conclusion of Christmas Elf Secret Agent. Where we left off, uh, Krampus had exploded in a giant fireball, and uh, Jing just jumped out of the sleigh to go save Amelia. Oh, come, let us adore him. Jing tumbled in freefall over the Seattle area. There was a hotel below him that was up in flames. Santa had played one last dirty trick on him. From the radio chatter, it sounded as if the elves were instructed to fire if anyone but Santa had taken off in the sleigh. Jing knew that Amelia might already be dead, but he had to get to the strike zone. Protocol dictated that the elves who did the hit would be moving to seek and destroy any survivors. If by some Christmas miracle, Amelia survived the blast, he had to be there before the team arrived. A wayward SEF was lucky that Santa's sleigh was the fastest thing on Earth and that Seattle wasn't too far south from the North Pole. After a moment of freefall, he aimed for the burning building in the city escape below. He pressed a button on his suit and the fabric unfolded like a flying squirrel from his armpits down to his waist. The same happened on his legs. He felt the drag of air immediately and he glided towards the wreckage. He landed at high speeds and rolled about twenty feet through the fire and rubble. He had tucked his limbs and only felt the pain of slamming into a metal being. He would be sore in the morning. He popped up and the clothes were torn and blackened. There were several fresh wounds of dripping blood. Jing pushed the pain out of his mind and surveyed the scene. The place was a standard two-story squat building. The tree rockets had taken out several chunks. Some parts were utterly decimated, others were burning but intact. The front lobby that seemed to survive the blast was groaning as the metal beams that supported it were buckling under the pressure. Jing ran to the lobby and kicked open the door. A hotel worker was on the ground clutching her leg. It was hit by a piece of shrapnel. He ran to her and made a tourniquet with the supplies in his pouch. He cried out in pain. What's your password? Jing nodded to the computer. My password? The worker said and groaned as the elf twisted a makeshift medical treatment a little tighter. 
I need to find a little girl who had happened to be trapped in this building. She was here with her parents and maybe some FBI agents. Oh, her, the worker said. Room 108. Thanks, Jing said and dragged her from the lobby as it collapsed behind them. He carried her to a van and set her behind by the wheel. Jing turned to the hotel and the crater began after room 106. He ran through the hole in the wall of the burning building. He didn't get too far when he stepped on a body. It was one of the FBI guys he saw in the video. The remnants of the room were burning around him. He froze when he heard the voice of a girl cry out, Help! Help! Amelia, he yelled. Jing! Amelia called back. Is that you? The government guys told us to hide in the bathroom after boss saw his video online. Mommy and Daddy are hurt. Please help. The boss must have seen the agents in the video and given them some warning. The men who saved their life would have to get a hero's burial. Jing climbed through the rubble and eventually came across Amelia's arm waving through a pile of concrete and metal beams. Jing leaned over and saw a half-intact bathroom. He said, I'm here. Step away and let me see what's going on. He peered through the hole. Her parents were both unconscious on the floor. Her dad was waist-deep in rubble, and her mom was in the tub with a bleeding head wound. Amelia must have been shielded by her mom for the blast because she was unscathed. Hang on, Jing said. I have to dig you out. Through the smoke, he heard a voice come through some tactical armor. Checking now. We have one jingle bell. The jingle bell was elf code for a body. The team had arrived. He gave Amelia a hand signal for silence. Hopefully she would remember the training he had given her before going to Pike's Place Market. She seemed to understand because she got quiet. Jing slipped his hand into his pouch. Two tech elves appeared through the smoke. They saw Jing too late. A green ornament with glittery swirls rolled by their feet. It popped and they were blinded by a flash and engulfed in glitter. Their shots went wild and sprayed in every direction. He slid under the arc of their fire and knocked them both off their feet. He crawled on the back of one and cuffed the guy with his own red and green cuffs. The other had recovered enough to aim a candy cane gun. Jing pushed it out of the way at the last moment. More bullets went wild. He headbutted his adversary and cracked the helmet visor. Jing pulled a festive taser from the guy's belt and zapped him in the face. Luckily, Amelia was behind the rubble when they started shooting, or else he'd have to revisit his newfound no-killing policy. Shots fired. Shots fired. Jing heard another teammate in the distance. He stepped behind a support beam holding up the second floor. The building screeched and part of the ceiling collapsed. Jing needed to take them out fast. He didn't have time to clear a hotel full of tack elves. Two more emerged on the scene. He appeared from behind the shadows and clunked their heads together before they even had time to react. They collapsed on the floor. Jing took the opportunity and pulled the radio from one of the elves. He knew the protocols and the code words. He called out a set of instructions. Later, Jing had climbed to the second floor of the hotel and stood outside one of the rooms. There was a hole where the front of the door should be, but the exterior wall was fine. He ran to the window and peeked out the curtain. The tag elves had gathered below in the parking lot, just like he had intended. One of the last of them appeared, but before they figure out who called in the bogus code word, he kicked out the glass to the window and it shattered on the sidewalk below. Hey, Jing yelled and waved his hands. You guys, there's a flaw in the tax suits. Santa's been meaning to get it fixed, but who would really ever take advantage of it? Jing took the radio he had liberated from the elves downstairs and had rigged the transmit button to always be stuck in the on position. He dropped it into his pouch. 
feedback shriek through the helmets of his opponents and all scramble to remove their headgear. Once the last one was off, he yelled, Thank you. Jing threw a blue ornament of snowflakes out the second story window. It blew when it hit the ground and spread a blue vapor through the group. The elves choked and fell over. A few on the edge attempted to run over to where he's taken by the cloud and tumbled to the ground. Jing heard sirens in the distance. The humans would be coming soon. If he remembered correctly, the U.S. didn't take too kindly to acts of terrorism. The elves wouldn't like where they ended up when they woke. Maybe the no-killing policy wasn't so bad. He turned from the window and ran to help Amelia from the rubble. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Jing felt like a fool. He couldn't believe that Stephen had talked him into it. He was wearing a tacky Christmas sweater. It was a knit scene of a sleepy holiday town across his stomach. White snowflakes dotted his chest and a bright star lined up with his nipple. Jing was not a sweater person, and he was embarrassed by the mere act of wearing it. Jing took a deep breath and stepped into the kitchen with the expression of a child who was forced to wear a suit and tie. Stephen was carving a turkey while Julio was icing some gingerbread cookies. Julio sprayed a dab of the icing on his partner's nose, and Stephen responded with a slap to the butt. They laughed and continued their food preparations. The ex-SEF cleared his throat and turned around. They both had terrible sweaters of their own. Julio had a giant face of Rudolph, grinning like a cartoon character. Stephen had the cast of Friends with Santa hats on his. So I found this at a thrift store, Jing said stupidly. They were picked clean, and this was all they had. Oh, oh, Julio said. You look good. It's perfect. Julio and I have been planning this for months, Stephen said. You really have to go online if you want to find sweaters like ours. Jing shrugged. One unwanted clothing article was the same to him as any other, so it wasn't any, any competition. Over last year, he had got some perspective on the divorce in a sense that he was a workaholic and happy being one. He didn't have time to date, much less go out on vacations and plan all the activities that Stephen Julio did. He was happy for them and could see an elf book post without pains of regret. What kept Jing busy in the last year was keeping the enterprise of Christmas going. Miss Claus won most of what Santa owned in a lawsuit during their divorce. It was easy because St. Nick being implicated in international child kidnapping ring. Since Jing was the only one of her ex-husband's elites she could trust, she hired him to run the entire operation. She wanted nothing to do with the place and bought a private island in an area that was about as opposite from the North Pole as she could, Dubai. Even though Krampus had died in a fireball, kids across the world had woken up to a pile of gifts because the drones had done all the work. Jeff Bezos was impressed by the massive mobilization of shipping drones and bought out the Christmas holiday from Miss Claus, it was, who was all too willing to sell. Now that Amazon owned Christmas, Jing was busier than he had ever been, mainly because of the year was spent cleaning up Santa's mess in his less-than-ethical supply chain. Either way, Jing was happy. He realized that as friends, he could still have Steve in his life and talk to him on occasion, but right now... He was on a mission to restore Christmas. Luckily, Amazon was only there for the technology piece. He was given the reins to run Christmas the way he liked. For Jing, it started with a no-kill policy, at least for the former SEFs. While Glitter and Kloschke weren't blameless in the fiasco, Jing negotiated for their freedom. He needed muscle to break up the empire if St. Nick had created. As for Chris Kringle, 
he was locked in a legal battle with just about every country in the world. And what Mrs. Claus did get was paying for a losing legal battle. Even though St. Nick could outlive just about any amount of consecutive life sentences dispensed on him by human law, he'd be destitute and have to start again. Even his family turned against him. Jing still would visit him in prison, though, when he had the time. Santa hadn't given up on Krampus, and so Jing would at least do that for him. Krampus's martyrdom made him larger than life, with TV and movie deals, toy lines, and J.K. Rowling even agreed to write a seven-book series chronicling the adventures of Krampus. Krampus in the house became a catchphrase that rivaled dough for saturation in popular culture. Though, like all internet admiration, eventually turned into K&H and confounded parents everywhere, Jing was grateful for all the attention the incident was centered around Krampus, and he slipped away into obscurity. He had enough trouble facing his closest family wearing a tacky sweater, much less being in the limelight. He enjoyed the challenge of making Christmas right again, and wanted to spend time with the people closest to him. And now that Amazon had automated the entire process of Christmas, all the elves were able to get Christmas off if they wanted. There were some working because operations had to continue, but they were all volunteers. He was happy they could spend Christmas with his family. Stephen broke Jing out of his daydream. Hello, Jing. Did a snow globe go off in your head? The new father of Christmas smiled and said, No. Just happy that we're all here for the holidays. You're such a sap, Stephen said. Now grab the enchiladas. Jing took a tray of food. Julio and Stephen grabbed some others. They walked from the kitchen out of the glass doors to the porch in Mexico with the infinity pool. There was a long table set up where all the guests had tacky sweaters. Amelia and Elijah were at the table. Elijah poked Amelia and she told him to cut it out. Their mom scolded them both. Their father asked the boys emerging from the kitchen if they needed help and took Jing's tray. Glitter and Kalachi were discussing their next mission and Jing told them to cut it out. Miss Claus was, was a holdout on the tacky sweaters and sported her sun clothing line as she would be happy to never see an inch of snow ever again. Sugar Plum roared with laughter. Even just Bezos was there. Jing sat down at the table and smiled. He was glad to be with family. Alright, that was it. That's Christmas Elf Secret Agent. I hope you enjoyed the comical <laughs> romp of Christmas. That is, of course, way late. July. Christmas in July. But, uh, yeah, no, I just thought I'd share that with you. And, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for breaking my leg, maybe I would have <laughs> finished it earlier. But, you know, things happen, and, and that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you, if you like hearing stories like this, uh, don't forget that you can always support me on Patreon. Uh, or if you just like the podcast, uh, support me on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Aaron Frail, A-A-R-O-N-F-R-A-L-E. There will be links, of course, in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your support, guys and, and gals. And, and I'm, I'm glad to, uh, to have finally finished this. Next time I read some story, it's going to be Orion. All right, well, thank you, and have a good night. And if you have some more podcasts to listen to, then check out Real Paranormal Activity on Mondays, me on Tuesdays, Terry's Mysterious Moments on uh, Wednesdays, and Mr. Patrick Sean Jones on Thursdays, or I don't know, whenever it comes out. It's a phantom podcast, and don't forget The Witching Hour and Full Dark Productions for some videos 
there's a lot of stuff you can you can get with real paranormal activity and there's an app for it all huh. go to the app store rpa app there you go that's all you need all right well thank you and have a good night <laughs>